going live now. Okay. Yeah. We're live now. Yes. Hello, everyone. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, depending on your location. This is the 47th episode of Leadership Talk with Adigoke. Uh, it's been an amazing journey. And I have my friend from Los Angeles here in Brooks, PhD, and is showing up massively uh, to speak on leadership and remote working. How are you doing today, my friend? Doing outstanding, out of quote. How about yourself? Very well, very well, very well. How's, how's the weather in Los Angeles? Oh, it's beautiful. Um, it's blue skies, sun is out, um, and right around where I am, about 75, 78 degrees, so I can't complain. <laughs> awesome, 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 awesome. Now, uh, I know you, uh, you know, you, you're professional um, and you've been adding value globally. I just want to welcome you to our Leadership Talk with Adigo K. Uh, this podcast has been ongoing for quite a bit and um, I just want to salute you uh, showing up at a time like this, a uh, time the world is facing a huge crisis, it's mm -hmm. ongoing. The pandemic has changed the narrative and um, mm. guys like you are just showing up and, you know, solving problems and bringing your expertise to help, you know, uh, navigate through the storm. Now, I just want you to speak on, uh, you know, leadership and remote working. But before that, you know, who is Ian Brooks? <laughs> sure. Um, you know, for, for those who don't know me, I'm, I'm Dr. Ian D. Brooks. I'm the CEO and founder of Road Smith Consulting which is a personal and professional development firm. Um, I'm also the author of the book, Intention, Building Capabilities to Transform Your Story. Awesome. Um, yeah, I've been, I've been working with uh, organizations and people for over 24 years. Wow. We're helping them achieve their better from my career starting off as a clinical psychologist in the clinical psychology field, and then transitioning then to working with individuals uh, in organizations and even outside of organizations, all to be better. So um, my passion is really to help people move forward and build capabilities as they're looking to transition to doing something else. Amazing. You're welcome to Leadership Talk with Adigoki. Um, now, can you tell us uh, what is, you know, your, your view about leadership? What What is leadership? Yeah, for, for me, it's um, leadership is a, is a loaded word. Um, because it comes up with a lot of accountability and a lot of uh, responsibility. Yeah. In my mind, leadership is something that it, are behaviors of which are embarked upon that are demonstrated where people can put trust and value into what you say and what you do. Hmm. Leadership isn't necessarily always from a position of title or power yeah. as so much one of respect, clarity, and true empathy for the individuals of whom we're working with. Awesome. Um, in my mind, leadership is exemplified when people will support you because they trust you. And quite frankly, they realize and recognize that they may not necessarily agree with everything that you say, but they put the All respect right. with you in order to make sound decisions to actually move, move forward and not necessarily putting their, them at risk. Awesome, awesome. Now we're speaking to uh, leadership and remote working. Yes. Uh, if you just joined us, uh, I have on the platform 
the podcast, uh, Ian Brooks from Los Angeles, California, and um, is speaking on leadership and remote working. Now, what was the relationship between uh, leadership and remote working? You know, how do you how do you situate that? You know, it's um, you know, I definitely see them separate, yet they do come together in, in certain ways. Leadership okay. from an organizational standpoint, as we think about it from a role and job perspective, is what is bestowed upon us from our job, regardless of the modality or of whom we're working with in our proximity, yeah. of which remote work stands stands to uh, be defined by. Okay. Remote work in that context is just our modality, right? At plain and simple of how we work, meaning that I don't necessarily see someone in an office or in a proximity where I see them face to face. Now, in that context, leadership is, from a behavior standpoint, is extremely empower, powerful and it impacts and influences one's experience through that modality of remote work. So as an example, from a behavior standpoint, how well does a leader communicate? Well, that behavior is the same from a capability standpoint, in person or remote over the phone or over Zoom or StreamYard. Okay. But how it's coming out and how it's experienced by the other person on the other end through that proximity, through that dialogue is a lot different. And it's extremely important, again, from a capability standpoint, leaders demonstrating refinement of communication. How well are they demonstrating their ability to empower their employees, knowing okay. that they aren't, aren't able to see the work day in and day out? It's a lot more based on um, the an output versus something that might be emotional or something okay. that might be building up in the back back uh, back curtains, if you will. Okay. A behavior such as decision making, again, consistent for any leadership, regardless of modality, but how decisions are made and the visibility that of which those decisions are coming to fruition is extremely right. important. Mm -hmm. And then finally, something like empathy that emotional tie, how well do we feel connected? Um, again, is a lot different from remote versus in-person, but a leader's ability to demonstrate that both verbally and by their body language and even their frequency in which we connect with someone, even over the phone or via a StreamYard or, or Zoom is extremely important in connecting with our employees. So in summation, I'd say that leadership in and of itself is separate than the modality in which we actually work and interact with our employees from a remote standpoint. But let's be clear, our behaviors are still the same. It's just now okay. it's reinforced or developed even further um, given the modality based on the proximity, and in this case, remote work. Ah, super, super. Thank you so much. Now, you know, with the pandemic, you know, there's been a, a massive challenge in, you know, uh, the way we work, yeah. you know, and um, I just wanted to speak to some of the challenges that you, you, you've come across, even as a professional. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the bigger challenges that I've experienced um, working with organizations um, more specifically is that what it highlighted and in particular in organizations, we typically work in our own immediate silos. Okay. We're so used to just going to the water cooler and to our neighbor and to our own departments and having conversations and being able to get work done just in passing. 
whereby COVID in this, this last you know, 18 months has really demonstrated from a remote work standpoint that leaders now need to be a lot more transparent in okay. offering visibility in ways that they, quite frankly, may not have done before. In fact, this, these last 18 months have highlighted where there's some discrepancy and where we might have been or might have thought we were good communicators, but really were not. Where we had or we thought we were transparent, but really did, weren't offering that visibility or even mm -hmm. potentially how we're even developing our top talent. And right. what does that now mean? And what does that now transpire and look like in a new future? Hmm. I think this in this context, um, the last 18 months have, of COVID have really highlighted, um, you know, what it means to be an actual leader and what it means to actually be an employee. Wow. Um, a leader is now, in my mind, more demonstration of an empathetic and transparent leader, one okay. who's authentic to the own experience and recognizing that we are no longer separated by titles, but we're now integrated by an experience. That's right. An experience being one, we're now the balance of working from home and working, you know, you know, trying to balance home and work life uh, across ways that we never had to consider when we're actually going into an office. It also means that what level of trust have I needed to demonstrate to offer to my employees to allow them to make decisions, but also okay. recognizing that I'm trusting them to actually get work done, knowing that I don't necessarily see them every day. Right. It's highlighted where that comfort of our leaders and, and sometimes discomfort and how their leadership style has actually been enacted. You know, I, I can give an example for myself. You know, I, I used to, you know, prior to the pandemic, I was a leader for a team um, remotely for five years. Wow. And my closest employee was a three hours drive from me. And I had a mm. team of 50 at its height. I had a team of 15 full-time employees and 10 contractors. In that context, I would have to make sure that I was very intentional and deliberate about how I was connecting with each one of my employees and contractors across their journey. Okay. Number one, what, what was I looking at from a measured standpoint of the job that they were doing? What was that output while also acknowledging what was the process they were taking and where were they putting their energy? The second piece I had to be very clear about was how are we connecting as well? Hmm. Making sure that it wasn't always about work, but also make sure I was connecting with them and who they are. Because again, as I mentioned earlier, we are now integrated by an experience, a world okay. experience, not okay. the sec these sec um, segregated by a job title or an office or where we sit. And so it, in that, I knew I had to make sure that with my team, building that connection was extremely important and being empathetic to what their experience was and is that may have been three hours away or three time zones away in certain instances mm. to make wow. sure that I was connected. Hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. That, that's well done. Five years, five years. So you, you did that from what year to what year? I did that from 2010 to 2015. Wow. So that was before, before yeah, the pandemic. Definitely, yeah, definitely before the pan, definitely before the pandemic. Um, but you know, it's, what it, what it demonstrated for that organization who was that was used to working remotely 
again, um, even pr the five years prior to that, when I was working with them, um, I was working remote. It was an experience of how do you build trust and build connection? Yeah. That, that organization was already set up without even realizing, obviously, what we were going to be experiencing here in the um, this COVID time where remote work is now the rule rather than the exception. That's and those companies that were already built and had an infrastructure, both from a leadership communication and engagement perspective, as well as their processes to actually enact that remote experience. Those who already had something that was already established in that framework from a value standpoint are, you know, they were already hitting the ground running. Whereas mm -hmm. other companies who were not as comfortable with that now it, it were came along a little bit slower. Now mm -hmm. I got I got to say that's also a very industry specific, right? There are certain instances within an industry or even a job that yeah. you have to go in, right? So it's not to say that every job was ripe for that opportunity. However, this last year and a half plus has demonstrated that we can still get work done, even for those things that we prescribe as needing to be in person and our ability to lead, trust, be empathetic and communicate is, um, and while also holding people accountable is extremely important. Excellent. Now, um, how do you hold your team members accountable? Um, how do you appraise them in, in an environment where there is remote working? properly. Sure. Um, it's one of the more challenging things that you can probably do, and, but it really comes down to several different aspects um, from an appraisal standpoint and really looking to see um, what are they doing. The okay. first is creating transparency of what output and outcomes are we really measuring. Specifically, having conversations that demonstrate as a result of me doing X, what yes. will I achieve? And what is that runway of getting that done? That's no different than what we would be measuring today. Okay. If we were sitting right next to each other. However, we are just don't, we're not necessarily seeing the process of getting yeah. it done. So I, 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 I think about it in the context of math. Yeah, I remember going to math, you know, being in math class, my teacher always said, I don't care if you got the answer. I want to, I want you to show me your work. <laughs> right? Well, right now it's a function of, we were always in that mentality when we're working in person, but from a remote standpoint, we don't always see the work. We just see the outcome. Hmm. So in that performance appraisal and performance awareness piece, it building in what is that outcome while also acknowledging what's also extremely important is how you go about doing it. Your uh -huh. behaviors become a lot more, lot more important around what your achievement of your what. in that context, especially for leaders, it's how well are you communicating? Hmm. How often are you, excuse me, how often are you communicating? What are you, how much transparency are you demonstrating? Okay. You know, how much, um, how much influence are you demonstrating as well? Where are you empathetic? And obviously from now that comes into the place of employee survey results of perspectives of how are we actually going about our work? Because, okay. because in that respect, we can then tie it back into our what goals, right? Again, our what's are the, our outcome-based actions. Mm -hmm. It's having very clear expectations on the outcomes you're looking to achieve, being very clear on and acknowledging the plan while also allowing your employees to work the path. And that's mm -hmm. how you get in. Your path is your how, your what is your plan. Both have to act in concert 
And when we actually start our measurement process, we can then just determine on a scale of high, medium, and low, what someone was able to achieve from an outcome perspective, while also comparing that to what behaviors did they use to actually get there? And were they high from a high, medium, and low perspective, were they good enough or did they just skate by and they just happen to get a result? And that's where you can start to measure and start to distinguish between your employees, especially from a work, um, from a remote work environment. Awesome. Now, there are quite a number of companies now that uh, are doing iBridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you speak to that? And you said the, the i? Hybrid. Hybrid. Oh, which hybrid. Is- oh, hybrid. Yes. Yeah. They are doing uh, quite a bit of hybrid. And I think that's probably going to be their, our working world moving forward. <laughs> um, and, and, and I say that in the context that over the last, again, 18 months, employees have gotten used to being home. They've yeah. found the benefit of being able to get work done, build connections while also being productive. As such, yeah. going back in and with the mandate of I'm now sitting within four walls, just sitting in a desk of which I could be doing something else that fosters my work-life balance is going to be a lot more prevalent. In that context, you're seeing a lot more organizations, as you mentioned, have a hybrid model, which yeah. demonstrates that one coming in for meetings okay. and leaving and leaving when they don't need to be sitting there, contrary to what they would have been doing previously. We're seeing now opportunities for people just to be able to work from anywhere. And we're not based in house solely in one location where mm-hmm. a job may be in Africa and Nigeria but you can be uh, stationed here in Los Angeles. Yeah. You can still now work together. And now in that relationship, I can just now fly into Nigeria when it's applicable and necessary. Yeah. And then coming back and still being able to partner. That hybrid model really fosters the balance between work and life, where we're being able to foster our relationships and we're not so tr- downtrodden balancing that work. What it's also going to do and enable uh, leaders as well as organizations to do is to minimize their foot, their physical footprint yeah. and expand their footprint on who their customers are and where they actually have business. <laughs> right. Um, but with that said, in that hybrid model and what has already been taking place as well as the enactment and the use of technology to create that transparency, have that visibility so that there is connection without feeling as though we're left behind. Good, good. If you're just joining us, been speaking with my friend and my brother from Los Angeles, Ian Brooks, PhD, and we're looking at um, leadership and remote working. Leadership. This is uh, leadership talk with Adigoke. This is the 47th episode. Way, 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 way. <laughs> Made so much progress. Uh, so I'm, I'm so excited to be on the platform with my friend on this podcast. Now I want you to speak to this you know, area of uh, remote working, you know, um, if you're working from home, you pay your bills, you pay the gas, electricity, mm-hmm. you pay the broadband. Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> can you just speak to that? Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. It's, um, you know, there's, there's so much complexity and so much ease that comes from working from home. But the complexity really is the, the use of our, our internet, even the use of our own family space. Yeah. And in that working remotely, I'm sure for a lot of individuals who started this journey early on, 
had to figure out ways to best navigate their home because their yeah. homes weren't set up to work and to deal with kids, significant others, noise that you just can't control. Whereas yeah. the work environment, you know that there is a de dedicated time and space of which you can actually work. Mm -hmm. So in that, there's been an adjustment period of individuals having and learning how to work remotely in navigating their, their four walls, creating new spaces, and both in physical nature, but also what that space means to you when yeah. you go there so that you're actually sitting down and doing work and staying focused. It's also allowing us to go outside and know when to take those breaks and have that balance. Yeah. Hey, I'm just on a productive mode. Your mental health. Your mental health is extremely important in that respect because now we're just waking up and just going into our office areas and just getting into work. Mm -hmm. And now I'm just going, and so we tend, sometimes tend to work longer days. And so one of the yeah. things that has been a fine balance between that mental health side and also getting work done is understanding when to take breaks because now we're, creating a new meaning for our spaces in which we live. Even our broadband, right? As you mentioned, even the internet. Sometimes if you have kids and significant others, well, guess what? They have work in school to do as well, or yeah. they're learning something. So guess what? Those speeds aren't as fast, <laughs> aren't as fast right? Yeah. We can pay for that. Um, our, our use of the telephone, what is that? Or heck, even using you know, StreamYard or, or Zoom, specifically for meetings, well, now you have to make sure you're, you have a quiet area around you. So what are they doing? So you're not distracting them and they're not distracting you. Hmm. It affords us an opportunity to really reassess what is, what's really important in our lives and strip down the things that truly do create noise. Yeah. And remote work has afforded us a chance to now step into our authentic selves and truly what we really find important to be able to get work done at a pace and time of which fits us yeah. as well as balancing our needs with our family and friends in a very safe way so that we do have and balance our mental health, but also are creating new spaces for ourselves that have new meaning, be it inside our four walls, but even sometimes when we're walking out. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Now in terms of uh, remuneration, mm -hmm. would you like to speak to that when it comes to remote working? Cause you, you know, is expected that you know uh, if you're working from home, you don't pay for uh, gas, you don't pay for you know transport, you don't right. pay for, you know it saves you cost yeah on clothing and all that yeah. Can you speak to that? Yeah, I, there's a huge cost savings associated from not not having to go into an office or to be able to work remotely. It's um, in fact. From a personal experience standpoint, I gave up my car at the beginning wow. of COVID now that I didn't need to travel into an office. Um, so obviously that saved on a car note, gas, insurance, and heck, even parking. And so, you know, as we think about from a remote work standpoint, as it's going to continue in this hybrid model where we're not going to see and need it and requires that as much, there's a lot of huge cost savings, you know, that can be put on to our cars. Um, to our cleaning bills, right? If you go to from a laundry and so, and so forth. Um, yeah. While also it puts, it, it saves us some time on the wear and tear on, on our own bodies. Imagine mm. the times of having to get up, shower, get dressed, travel into an office, go through a day, travel back. In traffic. In traffic. And then, okay, now to get recentered and anchored, like, okay, now let me get refocused. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a, 
there's no dollar amount that you can associate with that level of inadvertent stress we put on ourselves from a day-to-day -day perspective, just trying to get wow. to and from work or even trying to accommodate the work um, actions. That's now, right. with that said, we've transferred that over to our screen time, right? Of how much are we on StreamYard, Zoom, and other platforms on a day-to-day, -day, any given time. Yeah. We've also transferred that over to the number of hours that we work, because now we just wake up and just start get to work at any moment in time. So we now have to just now that dollar amount that we associated previously of the travel experience getting into a job and back and forth has now been put and placed onto the emotional side hmm. and the balance of our time and how we're actually being empathetic to not only the people we're working with, but also empathetic to ourselves to make sure that we do have that balance. And it's something that we definitely need to make sure that we keep um, at the forefront of our minds um, as we get out of COVID in some ways. Awesome. Now, how about the, uh, the area of relationships? Yes, building relationships is extremely key um, <laughs> with, within a remote environment. And it takes being extremely intentional, especially for leaders um, who are embarking on their teams and making sure that there's strong connections. Um, in that, again, the remote work environment has offered um, some visibility to silos that have been created, of which we didn't necessarily have to work with other individuals in the same way. Um, because of that, there's, there's an opportunity for leaders and just people in general to be very intentional about making sure that they stay connected and just stay, saying hello. Mm -hmm. um, now, I know that oftentimes we would normally get that just by walking by someone's desk or seeing them in a meeting or seeing them outside for a walk or going to lunch. Uh, now with COVID still, you know, very much um, at the forefront of us from a health standpoint, as well as yeah. organizations keeping with our hybrid models uh, yeah. uh, from a remote work standpoint, it becomes yeah. that much more imperative to make sure that we are still building the right connections that extend beyond just meeting times and okay. making sure that we connect. So as an example, just reaching out to someone um, saying, hey, I just wanted to reach out through Teams or some other platform where you potentially could see them and just having a conversation, not in a context of, of, of uh, you know, happy hours and other stuff, although that sometimes works. Um, but we recognize that building relationships has to have some level of meaning and purpose. Okay. And checking in on people, especially as leaders, becomes that much more important. Yeah. Checking on their health, checking, you know, checking in on how their families are doing. How is the weather? How is the pandemic experience for them? How is working from home and where are they doing to get those that downtime? Having just those level of human humanistic conversations with yeah. people will take them that much further. Um, and then you have to be intentional about that. Mm. It can't mm. be, oh, we'll just wait for a meeting to pop up on our calendars. And quite frankly, no one wants another meeting on our calendar. But people will take meetings on their calendar just just randomly to say, you know what, I just want to touch base. I, I don't really want to talk about work. I just want to see how you're doing. Yeah. And people can appreciate that. And But you have to make sure that, one, you're doing it from an authentic place while also acknowledging that, you know, we don't want, you know, Zoom or StreamYard or whatever. <laughs> right. We want to make sure that we're having a conversations no different than this. Wow. And about let's just chat for a minute and build build awareness, build a connection. And wow. that's going to be extremely important. Again, 
It does take leaders being intentional with their own teams while also yeah. extending past their own silos um, to others within the organization because that is one of the downsides and slippery slopes we can fall into from a remote work standpoint if we don't wow. pay attention to those things. Wow, amazing, You've done very well, done very well here. Um, I just wanted to uh, touch in this area of uh, remote working and the etiquette around it, you know. Yeah, you know, I think for executives, it's really interesting when they actually are coming into their own um, at the executive level, they tend to, you know, they've, they've probably always worked at this in this hybrid way yeah, whereby yeah. they would come in at certain times, come in for meetings, um, be, have awareness from a strategic standpoint. I think from an executive perspective, from a thought leadership lens, their job really hasn't changed. Hmm. Their job still is to develop strategy. Now it's a function of how does that strategy enacted and placed and how do they now work with their IT teams, in particular the CIO or the chief technical officers of organizations to make sure that remote and work, hybrid work still is applicable, as well as how are we getting our products and visibility out to our customers, knowing that there's so much fight and space uh, for the same airwaves, if you will, um, across the board. So I think for, that's one thing I think about from, from an executive standpoint, from my experience, just speaking with okay. a number of them um, around that. I think the other part is around how do they even show up at work and what are, what are they caring for? Hmm. Um, in that respect, again, I'm going to go back to our transparency of what people are thinking and how decisions are made, as well as the empathetic side of how are we bringing people back into the office in a safe, safe manner? How are we making sure that that we're caring for not just return on investment from a dollars and cents perspective, it's return on heartbeats. Hmm. It's about how are we demonstrating value to our employees to make okay. sure that they feel cared for. From that executive standpoint, that's a lot of different dialogue where historically hmm. they're just being, you know, obviously it's about shareholder and stakeholder value, customer yeah. value. Now the conversation is, What's the value you are truly demonstrating to your employees? Yeah. That will have a lot more further runway and value and more visibility, more so than we've seen in the past, given our last 18 months as we move forward. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Oh, this, yeah. Been, this been, it's really been deep stuff. Thank you so yeah. much, Ian. Uh, you just welcome. joined us, watching the replay as well, we're talking uh, to that topic. Yeah. Leadership and remote networking. Leadership and remote networking. And this leadership talk with Adigoke, uh, 47th episode. I just have two more questions. Sure. So that we'll wrap up. Sure. Now, um, hybrid, which is yeah. in person mm -hmm. and also virtual. Yeah. Um, some organizations are, are forcing the, the staff to, uh, to come back to work. Mm -hmm. Would you like to speak to that? Do they need to, uh, you know, force them to come back? Yeah, that's it's definitely a slippery slope. And I know a number of organizations I've been working with and have worked with are, are now asking their employees to come back into the office. Um, they're asking them to come back, one, um, you know, with vaccination or proof of which 
they've actually been, um, you know, have negative tests for COVID-19 or one of the Delta variants. Yeah. Um, in that respect, you know, that those are tough business decisions, right? Because in certain instances, employees do need to come back into the office. Um, on another side of that, there's a humanistic side. And I talk about this again with uh, talking about where leaders and executives in particular need to be showing up from that human side on that return on heartbeats. Because employees are, have been so used to working remotely, um, yeah. I don't think many have an issue with, with coming in sometimes, but in a safe way. Yeah. I don't necessarily believe or know that we're in a safe place all across the board. And in particular, managing individual feelings around their own perspectives, around mm -hmm. what they determine as safe versus the organization determining for them. Yeah. So in that respect, it's, it's a dialogue of transparency, mm -hmm. acknowledgement of the frailty of which we're operating, the vulnerability that we're actually putting employees in by asking them to come back in or mandating that they do come back in. Okay. And so in that respect, HR plays a huge role in that role, in that, in that Space. discussion, yeah. um, working with leaders, working in communicating right messages around what it means to come back into the office, what okay. it means to, um, um, to have a safe environment, while also what it means if an employee says, no, mm -hmm. I don't feel safe coming in. What does it mean if an employee, if you mandate that an employee uh, come into the office, but they do not want to, mm -hmm. what are, what are the repercussions or what, what, is, what are the repercussions and what is the conversation that needs to be had? And I think that's where, really where we're starting to see that really on that cusp of dialogue of now making it a mandate that you come into the office yeah. really is now putting the organization in a position of I'm going to dictate what you do. I'm going to dictate what you experience. Now that flies in the face of the safety and the humanistic side of which employees have felt and needed to experience over the last 18 months. Now that is all going away before they had a voice. During these last 18 months, that voice has only grown. Wow. To now mandate that coming in, we now, we have to acknowledge the voice that's still there, hmm. not the one that was previously there in trying to operate in old models. So in that, organizations and HR teams in particular with their executive leadership teams need yeah. to acknowledge and be aware that we may lose talent as a result of this. Hmm. And are we prepared for that just off of a policy of which may or may not be applicable today as it was yesterday. Wow, wow, wow. This has been an amazing session with Ian Brooks. He's just, he's, he's taking a deep dive. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 it's been wonderful. I just want to ask uh, one more question. And, sure. uh, you know, um, so who are your mentors? You know, you speak so well and, uh, with a lot of depth and authority expertise. Who are your mentors? Sure, I, you know, I, I've taken different mentorship across my entire um, journey yeah, of yeah. life. Um, the first being my parents and how they showed up and how they demonstrated themselves both at work and, and at home. Um, learning the right wrongs are indifferent okay. that come along with that balance. As I progressed in, in, my, in my scholastic career, yeah. if you will, 
Um, I took on different mentorship from different professors and acknowledging their influence around what it meant to be a psychologist, offering care to adolescents and adults who are going through trauma, who are looking to seek and find their way. Um, I've also now moved into organizational side, sought yeah. mentorship in a number of different ways as well, through those who've had their own businesses, yeah. um, those who are actual leaders and wow. of whom have really demonstrated an ability to actually enact who they are in an authentic way while yeah. also leading from a place of being on the forefront. Um, there's a woman that I used to support and while she wasn't a mentor, she was very inspiring. Um, her name was Theodora Nickel and she went by Teddy. And she was a, a woman who only had a high school uh, degree but was an executive running, you know, the Western region of all of our, you know, the bank's day two processing. So imagine yeah. that a, a woman, uh, she was also a minority and only had nothing more than a high school diploma. Wow. Um, it showed perseverance. It showed possibility. It showed sometimes a little luck, but yeah. also demonstrated hard work. Wow. That, influences while i was supporting her in, a, in an executive leadership role and helping her with mentorship in other ways it demonstrated to me that while she was not a mentor it's someone that of whom i learned from and appreciated and i'm always reminded of from a development standpoint that also extends to others who have held their own businesses and wow. what they've been able to do with their businesses and being able to forge new identities and see them transpire and to really see them grow it's extremely important uh, to actually look at individuals and see what they do well and what they, they that they don't in the background. Yeah. And notice that the, my descriptions of my mentors are people of whom are directly in my life. Good. Oftentimes we look at mentorship from a context of, ooh, I want to be like a Tony Robbins or, oh, I want to be like a Malcolm Gladwell. Those are outstanding individuals in and of themselves from a career standpoint. But I don't know who they are as people. They as people <laughs> offer a complexity of which I just don't have a, bit, a lens towards. Yeah. I can still respect from a mentorship and awareness of, wow, I really value and appreciate everything that you bring to the table while yeah. also acknowledging the value and appreciate that, quite frankly, I don't know who you are as a person. Hmm. For me, my mentorship and the, what I look for and what I have followed and how I try to model and mold myself are individuals of whom I can see their strengths. While yeah. also acknowledging, I can also see their weaknesses as well. Maybe mm. not necessarily that they're calling that out, but I can also see where they're, they're failing because mm. that's where the true learning happens. Yeah. The end result right. is the end result. As I, right. as I mentioned before, we have a plan. The plan and its milestones and getting, getting to that end point are what they are. But the path is the path. The path wow. is how you go about this. The path yeah. is the failures and the zigzag. <laughs> the backwards and right. forward. That's, that's where the work is. Yeah, that's where the work is. That's where the learning comes in. That's what I want to know. And that's what I want to try to minimize and or, by the way, experience myself because maybe I need to learn it for myself, that zigzag, because, again, my path is my path. Wow, wow. On a final note, you've heard it from the man himself. Ian, you, you, you've shown up massively tonight we're just so proud of what you've done on leadership talk with adegoki uh this is the 47th episode and 
it's, it's been a deep journey on this session, leadership and remote working. Um, so now it, for our fans all over the world, um, listeners, how can they get in touch with you? Sure. No, Attico, this has been a wonderful conversation and uh, look forward to staying in contact. Um, yeah. For those who are, who are listening, um, I can be reached at my website, which is rhodessmith.com. That's R-H-O-D-E-S-S-M-I-T-H.com. Uh, yeah. There they can see a little bit more about me. They'll see this podcast as well and others that I've been on. They'll also see an opportunity to, to see reviews on my book, Intention, Building Capabilities wow. to Transform Your Story, um, wow. as well as reach out to me as well. Um, wow. I can also be reached on Twitter and Instagram under the handles Dr. B underscore Intention. Wow, wow. This is my own book, Customer okay. Retention, as the third edition. Uh, it's a best-selling book. Amazing, amazing. It's on uh, Amazon, and uh, it's, 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 it's getting massive reviews all over the world. And I also have courses on uh, Udemy, world-class customer okay. service, uh, fundamentals of business etiquette, and also our professional selling skills and crisis on Udemy. Uh, so we're showing up. The podcast is, you know, adding value to a lot of folks all over the world. So we right. just want to appreciate you for taking your time out and um, adding so much content and so much value. Uh, we celebrate you, sir. No, thank you, Nico. Definitely appreciate uh, the invitation and, and chatting with you today and look forward to more conversations with you here in the future. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone.